0: September is National Window Replacement Month.
1: As the weather gets colder, it's time to call Jack Scott over at Renewal by Anderson to get 20% off all window, patio, and entry
2: doors. Zero money down, zero interest, and zero monthly payments for 12 months and an extra $250 off your entire project. Don't delay. Offer ends September 30th.
1: Call Jack Scott today at 440-226-6224. That's 440-226-6224. 6224. And say the boys at Feeling Dangerous podcast sent
0: The song you will hear in the following episode is the Iphonic remix of This City by Patrick Stump and Lupe Fiasco. Copyright 2011 by Sony ATV Publishing. All Cleveland Browns highlights that appear in this episode appear courtesy of the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.
3: When I woke up this morning I was feeling pretty dangerous.
2: My city was the
1: best, and my city was a threat to the rest, and my city was a threat to the rest. Cleveland is my city, and I
4: love it, yeah, I love it, I was born in crazy. Under center. Takes the snap. Drops straight back. Looking, looking, firing. Hodges open. He caught it. Inside the 25. Down to the 21 and a first down. He was wide open. 21 yard gain. Jalen Hawkins on the tackle. From the problems, all the way to the solutions. From the Atlanta 22 yard line. Mayfield under center. Dearness Ernest Johnson Malone back in the backfield. They're gonna bootleg it out. Mayfield steps. He throws Hodges open. caught and he dives to the pylon, touchdown to Darrell Hodge. His second one in consecutive games. Oh, nice throw by Mayfield. He was bootlegging it out to the left side and he was kind of fading to the back as he delivered a strike. Yes. My town where they show
5: you love it, they seen you around. All of my dogs up in the dog pound, man. I love my tribe, my calves, my Hello, everybody. and Welcome to another soul. episode Come of the Feeling Dangerous podcast. Week one NFL preview against go. the Kansas it's City it's Chiefs. City, I'm your host, show. Tyler Johnson. And tonight, Take we are joined by a full crew. Gentlemen, how are we doing this evening? Fantastic. Fantastic. Hey, it's exciting. It's a week one preview. We also are going to have the opportunity to be joined a little bit later in the show by Arrowhead Addict's own Jake Kikouras. He is going to... Be um, talking about previewing the game with us a little bit. Talk about the Kansas City Chiefs point of view for this week. The show is brought to you by Jack Scott at Renewal by Anderson. They have been Ohio's window and patio door experts for over 117 years. Be sure to call Jack Scott today for a free consultation at 440-226-6224. That's 440-226-6224. Of course, this past week, we did have the practice squad that came out for the Browns. There are a lot of familiar faces that were brought back to the team. Talk about some of the guys that you think we could see added to the 53-man roster over the course of the season.
1: If anything, Porter Gustin is going to get a chance to actually come back and play, because considering just the fact that a lot of the times our defensive ends usually get injured, a lot of the times there's going to be a lot of rotation in that area, I think that Porter Gustin has a really good chance of actually getting some more play time, especially since he saw some play time last year i I think
2: personally we're going to see a lot of wide receivers get brought up and down switching on and off due to possibly injuries which are you know inevitable for most teams but i want to see davion davis get a chance after he comes off the suspension list i want to see jojo nansen get a chance to come out back and play so there are a lot of names on there that guys that could have been scooped up just like hodge was that you know we have a chance to keep and it's definitely a good sign for the browns i would completely agree with that too and something about our practice squad that you just
5: never you don't normally see this we bring back Almost sold a lot of the same guys we cut, which Mm. is something that just you don't see that often. A couple guys I'm really intrigued by here: Sheldon Day. I originally thought Sheldon Day was going to make this roster. So to me, it was a little bit of a surprise that he was on the practice squad. I'm glad we brought him back. I think he's a guy that we could see on the 53-man roster a lot this year. But also, safety Javante Moffitt, they really like him. They ha- they actually um, found a way to keep him last season because I know there were teams that were interested in him then. But they were still able to bring him back to the practice squad this year. And we don't want to think about it, but if for some reason Grant Delpit has another flare-up of an injury, you can just bring Javante Moffitt onto that team and you won't Mm -hmm. really skip a beat there because he's already familiar with the system and he's, I mean, he could step in because he's already had a decent role for this team to begin with. Yeah. And I think one of the other underrated guys here to really look at, I think, that we really haven't talked about, I think Elijah Lee at linebacker, again, he's one of our special teams aces. The linebacker room is going to flip around a lot throughout the season. I just have a feeling because uh, you have JOK, but he will play more than just linebacker. You have Mac Wilson, but there's still that uneven possibility that Mac Wilson isn't going to get as much playing time. And the reason he did this preseason is just because of injuries and guys like uh, Keep, on
2: players healthy. Yeah, players exactly, healthy,
5: yeah. exactly. So that one's a little bit of a surprise to me. And I think if possibly a team did call come calling about Mac Wilson because they need some linebacker depth, the Browns would be more inclined to possibly discuss a trade for Mac Wilson because they mm-hmm. could just bring Elijah Lee from the practice squad. 'Cause I know he was a guy they really wanted to keep. So yeah. for me, those are a couple of guys I'm pretty intrigued with too. The Falcons the Falcons game we really didn't have a chance to cover as much as we wanted to, but the Browns did win nineteen to ten. I mean, talk talk to me, guys, about Baker Mayfield. He, two drives, <laughs> six of ten, 113 yards, a touchdown, and a quarterback rating of 137.5. So, just talk to me, guys, about Baker. Do you think he got enough time this preseason, um, and he's ready for Week One? Or do you think he could come out a little bit rusty, like some of the other members of the offense? And
3: when I woke up this morning, miss- I was feeling pretty dangerous.
2: Good job, Pete. <laughs> well. had, that dude, that dude did not miss a step. He did not miss a step. If anything, he looks better. He looks, he looked like he's in amazing shape. I think Baker's ready to, you know, come out. I, I truly am going to stand by this statement all season. He's gonna be a dark horse MVP <laughs> candidate. I think I think he's really gonna go out and just go lights out and I think him and OBJ are building a very solid relationship now and I think I think it's time for to change that narrative of them not being able to play together. I
1: mean, he only had two series, but I, I think that that's all he really needed. I think that that showed yeah. us perfectly well that he has complete control of the offense. He knows exactly what he wants to do, what this offense wants to do. He's getting the ball out on time. He's not he's not do, making any of the same mistakes that we would be seeing, you know, even just last year. And I mean, even just on that on the, that, that touchdown pass to Cadero, like that touch that touchdown pass was absolutely. Insane. I mean, going off of his back foot, uh, rolling to his left. I mean, that's just a difficult pass to make. I mean, the thing is, he could have probably had that exact same touchdown pass on the prior series. Just Kaderel didn't come down with it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he just came down, and he, he would have basically he had two basically scoring drives back to back. You know, that was without his full offensive repertoire. Additionally, he even showed that you know DPJ is going to probably be one of his top targets this year honestly i'm just super excited just like after that i was kind of like i don't even want to watch the rest of the game because i'm just so excited to watch baker mayfield again and having to watch the backups just wasn't as exciting
2: and we, for yeah, fantasy you purposes got, i hope DPJ is a solid target for baker were <laughs> <laughs> you guys understandable after you drafted him
0: were you guys surprised that that baker did play at all in that in that third game i mean i thought if he was going to play at all it would it would possibly be in the second game Honestly, I was a little surprised that he had two series in the third game. If if anything, I was expecting it to come in the second game. You
2: see, I was I was actually all for Baker not playing at all or a lot of starters to be honest. But then I saw Big Ben go out there and play. And I'm like, might as well. I mean, they're they're literally risking their entire season by Big Ben playing. So you know, you, you got to get some drives in.
5: And I, yeah, I, I would agree with that because originally, Zach, I was right with you there too. But then you're thinking, we're going to preview it here, um, coming up. But you're going to Arrowhead this weekend. The Kansas City Chiefs have been playing their starters pretty much a half. Yeah. So, yeah, you want your quarterback to be able to go up week one and not be rusty. And, and again, there's the possibility that he still could be. I mean, he, that's not a lot of reps in preseason, but I think the Giant when the Giants came to town and they got those practices in against those scrimmages against the giants those two days i think that was very valuable for baker mayfield and the offense too what we want to talk about too is just our window opportunity player of the week presented by jack scott renewal by anderson so let's go around and really talk about that for me it's it's david wide receiver davian davis um another great game for him five catches 53 yards a touchdown a really impressive touchdown catch for sure um not to mention he's get he was averaging 10 yards per reception So, uh, Davian, again, was our best receiver, arguably, this entire preseason. And I hope he sticks on this team. He's a guy who the Browns clearly wanted, like we've talked about, because they claimed him from the Vikings right away, and he stepped on, and he was already immediately making an impact as soon as he stepped on that field for him in the preseason. Mm -hmm. And even though he is suspended for two games over something I completely think is wrong by the NFL to do. Agreed. I think this is great for him in the aspect that this is another way for the Browns to keep him around for two weeks. Oh, yeah. And once he does get off that suspension list, I think, I think they're going to pick him up on the practice squad possibly. At, and it wouldn't surprise me if they add him to the 53 man roster. I think they really like what he brought to the table.
2: I completely agree with you, Tyler, but my window of opportunity to play would be Malik McDowell. And I really want that dude to be starting week one. I don't know if I have to say any more. He He's just a force to be reckoned with, man, and him next to Miles Clowney, and, you know Billings, wherever we put next to him, that defensive line is just loaded this year. and I'm very excited to see them, you know, go against a lot of top-end uh, offenses.
1: Zach, you stole mine, Malik McDowell. I mean, he came out hey. and he, and look, man. All you need is like one or two good Twitter videos, and all of a sudden you got a you got a spot on the roster. I mean, the guy mm-hmm. was was absolutely destroying the, the the center for the Falcons. Made him look like a <laughs> made him look like a chump. I mean, the dude was pushing him down to the ground. He was penetrating he was getting pressure uh the, the the dude just looks like a beast and I hope that he can actually uh you know translate that into the regular season because if we can get him in there getting pressure alongside Jed Devion and Miles I mean that's going to be a scary front four to go against
5: absolutely I originally was going to think McDowell but I mean I, we named him last week so I, and I thought Dave just played really well on the offensive side but for me the guy who I would think I would actually have as a close second is AJ Green he had yeah. seven tackle I mean see seven tackles and four solo tackles, one pass deflection. AJ Green came out here this offseason and completely balled out and earned him a spot on this roster in a quarterback room that I mean, there are a bunch of guys fighting for spots there. And AJ Green just came in here. He played special teams which is something he didn't play a lot of last year he got on the special teams unit was contributing on special teams played really well in the preseason so for me that's a close second for me for sure Pete, who do you got
0: well i know this i know this this might be i know this might be the easy answer i'm gonna say baker but here's why here here's why i want to i want to expand on this a little bit especially not really playing much at all in the preseason this first game for baker is really kind of a statement game because think about it if baker comes out and he doesn't play very well well throws some interceptions you know immediately everyone's gonna come out and say maybe he isn't the quarterback that he that that we thought he was and you know I I just think that quarterback unlike any other position I mean with pretty much any other position you can withstand one bad game with quarterback it's really what have you done with me you know what have you done for me lately I mean it's it's that case with every position but particularly with quarterback I think this needs to be a huge statement game for for Baker Mayfield, just to kind of, you know, he he's always got that chip that he's always got that chip on his shoulder, you know, kind of uh, kind of that attitude to prove that I am the guy that I showed at my peak. I'm not what my haters say that I am. So I think Baker Mayfield needs to come out and be dangerous, and I think he's going to do that. I would
5: agree with that too. I, I can definitely see that. And Baker just came out here, man, and, and just completely balled out. I mean, he did have his first string offensive line, so that was really nice to see. But his targets out there. OBJ Landry weren't out there Nick Chubb wasn't out there He did have Kareem Hunt for a series But he's working with a lot of guys That normally you wouldn't see him working with I mean he did work with Hooper So that was nice to see But he was out there working with some of the backups And I think that's really encouraging too Because given the COVID situation That we had last year against the Jets You could see that he didn't have Any of his targets out there So with Baker able to work with some of these other guys I think that's actually really encouraging I'm kind of glad that he was able to get some time in the preseason, I think he's ready to go week – I don't know about you guys. I think he's ready to go week one. I really just hope some of the stars we didn't see that they are because, first, again, I am I like resting stars in the preseason. I do. But I do think maybe even just getting these guys a series or two is always beneficial so that yeah. they can at least, like, be ready to go. And I mean, when and I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I think that's sometimes – you have to worry about that a little bit. It's just rust, mm-hmm. especially yeah. going into week one. Well,
1: and I, I actually think that that's kind of part of part of the reason why they started uh, them in, in the third preseason game instead of the second preseason game, because I think they wanted them to have that road, uh, that kind of road experience rather than the home experience. They wanted to get them on the road, at, like the starting office on the road rather than at home, just to give them that sort of, you know, the roar of the crowd, make sure that they've got everything figured out. Uh, with their audibles, just, you know, I, I think that's probably the, 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 why that decision was made, if I had to guess. So I, I think that the rust is going to be knocked off a little bit more, just to, especially going into Arrowhead.
5: Um, OBJ is going to play week one, as Mary Kay Cabot from Cleveland.com pretty much confirmed. I think they're going to be very careful with OBJ. He didn't mm-hmm. play much, in the, and that's expected. He didn't play much in the preseason, but you got to be careful. He's coming back from a torn ACL. I think they're going to use him when they need to. I don't think it's just going to be like, go out there and play every single snap. I right. think bringing DPJ along like that it's going to be a big opportunity for DPJ yeah. on, on on Sunday and I can't wait to see how he performs cuz I think we can all agree he's been the standout training camp. I think there's no doubt
0: about that. And one thing I wanted to point out you mentioned you mentioned the crowd noise. I think it's going to be very interesting in week 1 here throughout the NFL. I think there're going to be a lot of of false start penalties. There're going to be a lot of pres- procedural penalties because last year you know last year with pretty much no um with very few crowds throughout the league uh, you know no no crowd noise i mean i think throughout the nfl there's going to be a lot of false start penalties and procedural penalties this first week when it comes to cadence uh so 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 that ought to be interesting to see
5: and now it's time to get into our uh week one preview the kansas city chiefs the cleveland browns go to kansas city to arrowhead it's a it's a rematch of last season's playoff game where the Browns unfortunately lost to the Chiefs after Pat Mahomes went out with an injury, and we are now joined by Jake Corris from Arrowhead Attic to preview it from the Chiefs' side. Uh, Jake, how are you doing this evening?
3: Hey, good to be here, guys. Excited for uh, another 17-plus weeks of football.
5: Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, man. And really from the Chiefs' point of view, I mean, you have all the talent in the world on offense, but one of your key players last year, he did miss some time. Clyde Edwards Allaire, he missed some time last year for you guys, and he's going into week one as questionable. So what's the status of Clyde going into week one right now?
3: Everything that I've heard leads me to believe that he will be playing. I don't know workload-wise whether he's going to see a you know large majority of snaps or not there are a few guys uh Clyde is one who who are sort of kind of like a soft questionable where you don't it's not it's not really something to be worried about as of right now but that's something that we'll be filled in on later this week compared to like Willie Gay who we know isn't playing
5: it yeah, definitely good especially if uh, Clyde is good to go we want everyone full strength man I mean it was a really competitive game last year obviously Pat Mahomes um, went down with an injury well from the Chiefs point of view I mean what what is expected from this Cleveland Browns team obviously last year the Browns defense was one of their weak spots but we've added a lot of guys on defense so what is how do the Chiefs feel from this point of view obviously they know Um, This is definitely a Cleveland Browns team compared to last season. Yeah,
3: I mean, the Browns are more than legit. The Browns are a playoff, maybe a Super Bowl contender. Um, That divisional game last year, it's probably bad for me to say this as a a Chiefs fan, but we didn't really have uh, any business winning that game. Um, (laughs) That game really, I think. We agree. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I was happy with the result, but the Browns just, they did in the draft, just shoring up that secondary, um, some really smart free agent signings. Baker, I think, is is really poised to take that leap into, into kind of hopefully, you know, stardom, him. He's definitely in the right setup for that. So uh, the, the, from the Chiefs' perspective, we're, we're going into this game with sort of like a, a playoffs mindset. I mean, these, these are two teams that should be
1: there. Well into January. And Jake, one of the big things for the for the Chiefs that was an issue last year, especially in the Super Bowl, was their banged-up offensive line, really just the issues that they had at that position. And obviously in the offseason, you guys had a, got a basically made the entire thing. You got Orlando Brown from, from Baltimore. You got some new free agents. Um, and obviously you've been playing them all throughout the preseason, every single game. Uh, how confident is... Kansas City in the, this new-look offensive line for the Chiefs? With any team, the majority of the the sound
3: bites or news nuggets that you'll get out of camp are going to be overwhelmingly positive. Mm-hmm. Like uh, um, Trey Smith, especially, the, the new uh, right guard, rookie right guard, has been getting a lot of enthusiastic reports from camp, um, along with Creed Humphrey, the center, uh, rookie center. But, um, of course, the, the flip side to all of that is this O-line is – None of these guys have ever started a game as a chief, um, and 60% of them have never started an NFL regular season game. So while I'm, I'm optimistic after maybe midseason will really get things tightened up and, and gelling, I think that this this week one is going to be a pretty big test uh, might be rough on on some of the new additions, especially on that right side where we have a lot. We have you know exclusively we have two rookies and then a guy uh, Lucas Yang, who opted out last year. So essentially three rookies on that O line, and I know Miles Garrett. Um, probably won't make life easy on those guys it'll be interesting to see where they stand
5: yeah definitely no doubt about that because I mean having miles Garrett on one side and now da Clowney on the other it's it's gonna be really tough for really o- any offensive line that's that has to go up against them this year do you see this as an afc championship preview I do
3: I think that there's maybe three or four potential afc championship games um and and this is certainly one of them and 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 I'm I was just speaking for myself there, but I think from Chief's point of view too the just the broader kind of fan base, yeah, it's 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 viewed as a potential AFC championship game on, on both sides really mine and, and the fan large yeah
5: and and of course, one of the things that people are doing and it happens every year, they are a lot of people are writing the Browns off for this game because the Browns have not played well in their last two um, season openers so, what do you tell people that are re- that are really downplaying how good the Browns could be this season? Because there are because there are people that are doing that.
3: Yeah, definitely. And you know, just being on being on social media or just Twitter, you're going to see a lot of crazy takes about uh, how the, the, the Chiefs can't you know can't lose this you know dot dot dot. But just reviewing like I, just before coming on here, I did I reviewed the, the Browns roster on, on PFF and looked at some of the. Just reviewed their draft and free agents, and I I couldn't really find a weak spot on the roster. I mean, the one, um, Awusu Karamoa, Karamo, I would say linebacker, was maybe the one position that, that could have used some help, but he's, from what I know, has, has looked tremendous so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the secondary has so much depth, they're going to be able to you know, deploy people to whether it's a safety or a corner to to Shadow Kelsey. Um the O line is, you know, the best in the league. You've got <laughs> Nick Chubb who I think is the best like pure runner just to watch in the league. Um you've got Baker who who at least who at very worst is an above average quarterback, maybe even will prove that he's better than that this year. Of course you get Odell back and Jar- you just strong receiving weapons. So there's really no there's no rational argument you could make to say that the Browns like aren't at the at very least competitive, if not have a very have a good chance at taking this game. I just think that it's such a great offseason. I think John Johnson was an awesome pickup. So they're they're kind of firing on all cylinders. Um, whereas the Chiefs have a few positional weak spots, but it's kinda of offset by having Mahomes, Kelsey and Hill who can make, make up for you know other issues throughout the team,
1: and Jake one, one of those one of those issues I think that you might see you were talking about Nick Chubb is just the fact that the Chiefs last year kind of had a relatively average to maybe below average rushing team uh, rushing defense last year, and you guys ended up actually losing Chris Jones in the off season. Now of course you replaced him with Jaron Reed from Seattle. However, without Jones, kind of you know one of your your premier. Uh, you know, defensive tackles there. Uh, how, how important do you think Dick Chubb and Cleveland are going to be to you know the Browns' strategy to you know attack the Chiefs' defense? So Chris
3: Jones is still still on the team. I oh, is he? he? I thought I thought I heard that he left. Uh, Taco Charlton left. Uh, oh, okay, okay. But, but no. But to your point, like the the Chiefs' linebacking core, Willie Gay, we just heard a few days ago is is going to be on IR for um for a few weeks. So mm-hmm. that's going to. Hurt the Chiefs' run defense, and and just because I mean you get Kareem Hunt is such an excellent. Um, I mean obviously I know <laughs> Kareem Hunt's a great back. Nick Chubb is just dynamite. So our our linebacking core is definitely I would say below average um, right now. I'm not sure that we we really have the speed to consistently stop those those short passes or those designed outside runs. Uh, I, I feel pretty good about the defensive line. Um, mainly because I, I think Chris Jones is just kind of a stalwart feature of that defense. And then we'll see about the other parts of that defensive line. Um, but it's going to be a big challenge for sure to to kind of limit that that short passing game and the outside runs and all you can do with a, that two-headed monster at running back.
5: So the best duo in the NFL for sure is Nick, Nick Hunt. I mean, Nick, wow, Nick, uh, Nick, Nick Chubb and Kareem, I think, can, I think uh, pretty much any fan in the NFL can agree with that, no matter what team you root for. Jake, yeah. before we let you go, give us a couple of your keys to the game and overall, um, just your prediction for the game.
3: If the Chiefs O-line comes out and struggles, that's going to be tough for Kansas City. The, the Chiefs lost their second wide receiver, Sammy Watkins, in the offseason, and it's been sort of a, a work in progress to build. Make uh, Cole Hardman back into that role, into that wide receiver two role. If the Chiefs go out week one and and Mahomes is seeing pressure in like two and a half seconds, it might be tough to really get that uh, that progression going um, with installing you know a new player at wide receiver two and and just working into the season. So if that if there's a mismatch there, then that's going to be advantage Browns. Um, I do think as is the case with most Chiefs games, if if, if Mahomes, Kelsey, and, and Hill can all f- fire on all cylinders, then that gives you as good a shot as any. I do think that because this is week one, we might see sloppy football for periods. Uh, mm-hmm. I do I like the Chiefs. Give me 24-23 here, but really um, this is going to be a preview for a later, a later game um, that I think will fill us with a lot of information of what to look for down the line. I like the Chiefs by a bit here, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns
5: Snagged it. And again, either way, I, I agree with you. We're going to do our predictions later in the show, but um, I, I do believe it'll be a close game as well. Jake, um, last thing before we let you go, just let everyone know um, where they can find your work and find you on social media.
3: I'm at uh, Arrowhead Addict, and then on Twitter, my Twitter handle is Gadget one
2: mm-hmm.
3: and right now I'm tweeting mostly about the U.S. Open, but that'll change in a couple of days when the mm-hmm. football release gets going, so yeah. I'll have some better content in there.
5: Uh, yeah. Sounds, sounds good. Well, Jake, thank you so much for joining us this evening and we wish you guys the best of luck week one. We know it's going to be a really competitive game. Thank you so much. And uh, we look forward to reading your content throughout the season.
3: Thanks so much. I love Cleveland. So there you go. Man. for you guys. Uh, yeah. that,
5: that, thanks man. Thank you so much. Yeah, sure. Ladies and gentlemen, that okay. was Jake Corus from Arrowhead addict. Yeah, guys. I mean, it, he hit it really on the head. I mean, that chiefs offensive line, is right now in their line. The Chiefs have two weaknesses for me, the offensive line and the linebacking core. Other than that, their secondary is pretty solid. I mean, you have Tyrone Matthew there um, really shutting down that secondary, but he is on the COVID list right now. We don't know if he'll be available for that game or not. So if Tyrone Matthew, the honey badger, if he's not available, how much does that change really just the
2: Chiefs approach to the Browns offense? The Chiefs know a little bit schematically, I guess. Like what the Browns are going to come out looking like on offense, minus OBJ, Schwartz, Felton, players like that that they didn't get to see last year. I mean, like you said, like that, that could just open up so much more for us downfield. That it could be a big game for Baker. Even I know a lot of us are expecting to attack the run because that's that's what we rely heavily on at first. But if they're missing players like Tyron Matthew. I think Baker knows that he can just open it up and, you know, we we could take advantage of the game early.
3: And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous.
2: Zach, I would would completely agree with that. I hope he's available because, again,
5: I I want them at full strength. I, I want us to go up to Kansas City. Um, with the Chiefs being at full strength, let's going up there and really put an impressive performance up there, well, because, whether that because, is win or
2: lose. And to, to, to add on to that, because if you know if we win and they have an, anyone out, that's of any importance. Oh, Browns didn't exactly. you know, Browns didn't face that. You know, we we said some stuff too. You know, last year, you know, all oh, mm-hmm. our defense was bad, and all oh, that call on Higgins, and that's just how it, that's just the nature of the game, but. I do too, Tyler. I want to see us go out there. I want to see us beat a healthy Chiefs team, and I want us—I want us to beat them potentially twice this season. So,
0: what are you guys expecting in terms of the the play calling? Uh, do Do you think the Browns are going to come out slinging it down the field, or do you think or do you think it's going to be run heavy to start? How do you think this game is going to be approached from a play calling perspective? This for is the Browns? this is
5: year two in Kevin Stefanski's offense for Baker Mayfield. There, there's no coming out slow. g I, yeah. I think he's going to come out and take shots. And I I think what we saw at the end of last season, and I've talked about in previous episodes, we're going to see a lot this year. We're going to see more four and five wide receiver sets, and we're going to see Baker Mayfield playing point guard, just distributing the ball to all the playmakers that we have on offense. I really think it's going to be open. We're going to run the ball a lot, of course. But we're also going to th- be throwing a lot more than I think people are realizing. So, again, that that's just what I think. I, I think all bets are off, man. Kevin Sefancy's taking the gloves off. He did the end of last, last season, and you're going to completely see that this year.
2: Yeah. I don't think you're going to see it starting Perfect. off slow this year at all. I think this offense knows what to expect, what to do. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be dangerous this year, boys. Yeah. And yeah. When and I woke Jake, up this morning, I was
3: feeling pretty dangerous.
2: <laughs> and,
5: and Jake and Jake brought up um, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa it's been confirmed he it, it by jok himself he is it looks like gonna be starting week one and it looks like that there's a good chance he's going to be matched up on travis kelsey who many argue that he is the best tight end in the nfl so what do you think that matchup is going to look like guys i mean you've won the best tight ends in the nfl against a rookie in jok obviously very athletic has a ton of ability but what are you guys expecting from that matchup
1: Look, I I don't think that anyone in the NFL can really stop Travis Kelsey. We just need to contain Travis Kelsey. We need to make sure that he's not ripping off big runs, that he's not open every single play, because the guy can do whatever he wants on the field. What we need to do is we need to just try to take him out of the equation as much as possible, and I think is the guy to do it. I think he's the, he, his insane athleticism, his incredible ability to, to you know, uh, analyze the coverage, analyze the scheme, and figure out what the, the offense is doing is going to be critical to figuring out how they're going to actually slow down this, you know, Chiefs offense, Travis Kelsey being one of the cornerstones of it.
5: Yeah. Agree. Oh, oh man, I completely agree with you, Jack, and I'm glad you, you said that the way that you did you have to contain Kelsey. You're you're not, there's certain players in the league, you're not going to stop. And and if somehow you do, it's just them having a bad day. Because Mm -hmm. Kelsey, in my opinion, is the best tight end in the NFL. If you can at least contain one of Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill, I think that sets you up for success to win this game. If they both go off I think you're in trouble. And we've seen that over the course um, of the years that this team has been together. So I would agree with you. I think you, you just have to contain them. And I think J.O.K. gives them the best opportunity to do that. Not to mention, you could put John Johnson, the third, um, on him from time to time, shadowing him a little bit. So that's something to watch, too. Um, of course, both teams. Are um, looking really healthy at running back. We kind of hit on it a little bit earlier, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I-, I think for me, he's the X factor for the Chiefs. What do you think about that?
2: Uh, if he's healthy, yeah, I, could, I completely agree. Um, I know they're saying he's ready to go, but I don't know. I mean, I, I really think the Browns' new you know new DBs really have to lock in and, and shut down Patrick Mahomes and rattle him early or and ma- make him rely on the run game because even then then we can load the box. Our, our defense is so stacked and talented this year. We, we can do so many more things that Joe was didn't, didn't have the opportunity to do last year against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I agree with Jake earlier, too.
5: I think the Sammy Watkins loss is a little more significant than what people are saying because M- Nicole Hardman is coming in and now expected to be that number two receiver. I've never – when he came out of Georgia, I never thought this is the type of player – that he was going to be. I always thought he was – he reminds me of of Anthony Schwartz. Obviously, he's more polished, but I don't see Hardman, a guy who you can go out there and expect to have a hunter-catch season. I don't. And Sammy Watkins in the prime of his career did have that. And if the Chiefs are kind of expecting that from Hardman, I I don't know. I just think outside of Tyreek Hill, that receiving core looks a little bit shaky to me. Again, we don't cover the Chiefs. But to me – it just – that doesn't look like anything that at least I'm afraid of otherwise. I mean, you have, you have Byron Pringle, you have Byron Pringle, wide receiver. You have Demarcus Robinson, Terrence Fountain, and Marcus Kemp. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't know who any of those guys are. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah well,
2: you're, you're <laughs> like, okay, okay,
5: yeah. Like, they're I mean, NFL, at least – so They're good, but – I mean, and at least with Sammy Watkins. I mean, the guy had some injury issues, but he was always a solid contributor for them and obviously he's in Baltimore now. So, I again, I think that's a little bit more of a significant loss than what people say. I mean, what do you guys think about that?
1: No, I think that's a totally legitimate criticism there because, honestly, everyone knows that Sammy Watkins is always a guy who has a really big first game of the season. He always is there. He's always a contributor. And losing him and now having to basically just – they didn't really replace him with anybody. They basically just said, okay, well, that charges moves up. So, McCall Hardman, who was number three, now he's number two. And, I mean, I think that's going to be interesting just to see how his – who had Newsom going to you know handle you know basically covering, uh, the th- what was the third best receiver on the Chiefs now the second. Uh, is he going to be able to handle him, especially considering that he's probably going to get a decent amount of targets
5: uh, from Patrick Mahomes. They need pressure to take off Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. I think that ends up being Clyde Edwards' a depending on how healthy he is going into that game. Again, like Jake said, he is expected to play week one, it looks like, but we don't know how healthy he's going to be because I know they do want to use him as more of a receiver. But other than that, who that receiving core does not scare me. Of course, you have Hill and you have Kelsey you have two arguably at the at their position there the best in yeah. the league you can make that argument i think that's going to be really interesting to watch is our secondary against their weapons and that really leads me into my next question here what are you guys expecting from greg Newsome in his first nfl regular season game going
2: up against this attack that the chiefs have on offense if he is the guy that's coming out because do we know if it's him or greedy yet we do not know up. that yet. Exactly. We probably won't until they take the so, field. And so neither do the Chiefs. So that's, well, again, another advantage for us. Because we could even have Ward Greedy Hill inside. We could have Ward Newsome Greedy inside. You know, we have so many different things that we could do. So I, I don't know. I expect Greg Newsome to come out and line up next to uh, Denzel Ward. I think that's why we took him so high. Other than Hardman, I, th- I think that his day might be very productive. hmm <laughs>
1: Yeah, totally. I I 100 agree. I think that he he has a really good chance to come out here and make immediate impact. You know, taking out, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes' third target in McCole Hardman or whoever they end up having in that in that uh, in that formation.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's where I think what helps, not just with Newsom, but what helps these other guys out too. The Chiefs are obviously we see a lot. Andy Reid's offense, man, he's moving guys all around. We'll see Tyreek Hill in the backfield. We'll see Travis Kelsey as a fullback at times. They're going to move, and we'll see Travis Kelsey lined up at wide receiver. We're going to see these guys everywhere. We finally have the athletes, I feel like, that can actually match up with them. I'm not, again, not shut them down per se, but I think we can definitely contain them a lot more. If Greedy Williams is healthy, I think they're going to start Greedy, but that, but. That being said, I think our starting lineup is going to consist of three corners to where yeah. Newsom will be starting. I think Greg Newsom's is going to play pretty well. He looked pretty good in the preseason. I didn't see anything that alarmed me. He looked like he was just ready to go. Yeah. I'm excited to see Greg Newsom out there. I think after uh, being around Denzel Ward as much as he has and Denzel taking him under his wing, obviously a great mentor for sure. But I think we're going to see some of those same things that we see out of Denzel Ward. Him and Newsom are very similar in
2: the way they play corner. And don't really forget, forget all these Joe Woods nickel and dime packages too. We're going to be seeing a lot of other cornerbacks that we're not even mentioning right now. Like you said earlier, AJ Green. The, I think Joe Woods is high on that kid. MJ Stewart. He can come in and play. You know, a lot of a lot of reps at nickel. We had death, guys. We finally do with no more. Like <laughs> I keep saying, there's no more employee 23. So no shot to sendejo, but yeah, there is a little bit.
5: Yeah. Yeah, and there is, dude. That's why our practice squad, the fact we're able to bring back Porter Gustin, Javante Moffitt, uh, Curtis Weaver, Sheldon mm. Day. I mean, we're bringing back guys that I don't know how we made them back onto our practice squad. These are yeah. guys that all could be on 53 men rosters across the NFL. Yeah. So again, like the depth we have is truly remarkable. I don't see another team outside of maybe Tampa Bay on paper that has the depth that we do.
0: Yeah, I forget whether whether it was last week or the week before, but I but I brought up just the, um, you know there there is there is so much talent on this roster that the Browns again are in a position that they haven't really been in for the last two decades, which is that you've got so much talent on your roster that you're going to have to cut really good guys, and 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 we saw that and we saw that with the fifty three man roster, and the Browns are by far in the best position they've been in, in the last two decades to to go out and, and win and win the first game of the season you know we we know the we know the crazy record of the browns losing um uh you know openers the browns find themselves in the the best position they find themselves in for the last uh, 20 you know 22 years or so <laughs> and so and so this is going to be fun uh, getting started on on sunday Right, and Pete,
1: actually, going off of that, 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 that's one of the things that I thought was really important is that a lot of people, because we've had such a bad, uh, you know, string of first games, you know, last year, obviously, in Baltimore, you know, left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. People are, you know, kind of saying and looking past this first game and saying, well, if, even if we lose this game, it doesn't really matter. Do you guys think that... It matters whether we lose this game or not. Just, and I mean that just as a hypothetical, because I know my answer, and I'm sure that you guys are, agree with me.
2: I'm kind of on both sides of that because I think it depends. If we lose, how do we lose? If we if we come out and we play a battle against you know a team that went to the Super Bowl last yeah. year, you know, I mean, why, I mean. If, we, if it's like a close game, yeah. If we come out and we get stopped like we did against the Ravens last season, then it's like, okay, what's what's going on? Why didn't we come out looking like ready to go? But I don't think that's going to be the case. I really think the Browns want to come out, and set the tone, and show that we're here and we're for real. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. There is, there is, there is a question, you know, to if we lose, how we lose. But you know, are we going to lose on a on a double doink? You know, like the, <laughs> like, the uh, like the like the like the Chicago Bears did that that one year. But no, um, but yeah, I just, I mean but but i but i do think the the brown i mean the browns the browns need to come out and put and put together a solid you know a solid performance where, where they they look like they've got they've got their you know they've got their stuff together they got their yep. schemes together and and if if they do that if they do that then then if they lo- if they lose a tight game i won't be i won't be all that disappointed if they get blown out, uh, what was it, 34-6 to like they did against Baltimore last year, <laughs> then, mm-hmm. then I'll have some issues. <laughs> uh, for, for me,
5: I, I'm really not worried either way. I, I'm really not. I think what happened last year, too, if that happens again this year, I think it's just going to – piss off the players more, and they're and it's going to give them motivation the rest of the year. That That's how I feel personally, because it's going to give them that motivation to want to get back at Kansas City, get, get another shot at them, mm-hmm. and so that that's how I feel, feel it is for me. I, I don't see us getting blown out either. Of course, we're going to go into our uh, predictions for the game here shortly, but for me, I'm truly not worried either way, because Kevin Stefanski has that next game up mentality. It's not looking at, at the end of the season, but the players in the back of their mind would have that loss in there. That like if they did get blown out, like okay, we need we want another shot. These guys, so that's so for me, I don't see it as a bad thing for either way. Um, Of course, one of the differences though, this game, it looks like Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be on the field for Week One. He was not available when we played Kansas City in the divisional round last year, obviously due to his torn ACL. So, guys, how much do you think OBJ plays? And can he make a
2: difference in this game, given the fact he has not been on the field since last year? Absolutely, he's going to make a difference because that's just the tension. Even if he doesn't get any targets, OBJ is going to bring attention, whether it's from a safety help or, you know, cornerbacks lining up on him, you know. So, yeah, he's going to make a difference, and it could be a difference as in, okay, now we can feed the ball to DPJ. We can, you know, take a shot at uh, Schwartz downfield, Najoku, Landry, all these weapons we have, so... Definitely going to make a difference. I'm not sure if we're going to play him like crazy. I know he wants to get out there for sure, and he wants to play in this game because he wasn't able to play last year in it. So we'll see. But I think I think this is a smart coaching staff, a uh, smart set of trainers. I think they're going to kind of light light work into the season until he's really ready to go full go.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I just think that OBJ – I think OBJ is going to have a big – game because I think that they're going to try to find ways to utilize him. Obviously the Chiefs didn't have to prepare for him last year. They were able to play short. They were able to kind of, you know, cuddle around like, you know, 20 20 yards downfield. Now they actually have to worry about deep balls. They have to worry about uh, Odell Beckham, you know, beating his guy and getting deep. The safety won't be able to creep that much. And that's going to open up lanes for, you know, kind of what Zach was saying. It's going to open up lanes for our other receivers. DPJ, it's going to open up, uh, you know, maybe dump balls for tight ends. Screenplay plays is going to open up so much of the offense just having that there and even then we still also have Anthony Schwartz so I mean we have just so many vertical threats that we didn't have last year that honestly this kind of changes the game for the Browns offense because it just gives us so many new outlets to get yards
5: yeah and I think that DPJ, he's not going to play like, – I agree with you. I do think he's going to have an impact. And they are going to try and get the ball in his hands. I don't – he's not – I don't think it's going to be just immediately – it's going to be he's playing the entire game. I think that's what's great about having DPJ. DPJ going into year two, I think he's actually going to have a big game against Kansas City. I think now he's a guy who can stretch the field. He brings a whole lot of dimension to this offense too that we really didn't have as much last year just because – He really didn't get as much time until after, like, near the end of the season more. Mm -hmm. So I think DPJ is going to have a huge game against Kansas City. And I think OBJ is going to make some plays, too, when this team needs it. And like you said, Zach, just having him on the field makes Kansas City having to game plan for him. Because, again, they didn't see him last year. And I, I, I do think, though, the Browns are going to proceed somewhat cautiously with him.
2: Yeah, absolutely, I, I do.
5: I, I agree. I agree with both you guys because I believe he's going to have an impact and he's going to make some plays. But they're also going to be very cautious with him because they want, they need, they need him. This team needs him. I firmly believe it. I, I think that that he's. If we have a healthy OBJ last year, I think we beat the Chiefs. That's yeah. that's my that that's my thought on that. And I think adding him this year, it just really. I think it, it's just an added dimension that we really miss. Even though we do have Schwartz, I don't know how much Schwartz is going to play week one. He might be inactive, and it really wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, um, know. One of the other things, too, obviously the Chiefs know what our offense looks like uh, schematically, but they have no idea what this Browns defense is really going to look like because Joe Woods didn't have the playmakers on this defense that he needed in year one. They have no idea what the Browns have up their sleeves. So putting this... Um, at a slight advantage, I think. What are your guys' thoughts with all the additions we have and difference
2: makers on defense? Does this give us an advantage that the Chiefs really aren't able to game plan for? I truly do think that. And I, I, I said I kind of nailed on earlier. We don't even know as fans what's going on with cornerback who's starting, like who, who's not starting alongside Denzel Ward. So the Chiefs are coming in and they're probably going to try and watch those, our warm ups to see who's who's playing on defense. You know, with all these different packages, so. I definitely think if we can rattle Patrick Mahomes somehow, some way, we can rattle that guy early, I think the Browns could almost run away with this game. It could go either way, a close game where the Browns pull it off or the Browns could run away with this game depending on what they do on defense.
1: I, I think that we can. It will be an advantage at the beginning of the game. I think just having all of the, the this new offense, this new defensive scheme, having all these guys being able to actually utilize, you know, nickel and and, and you know cutting off a lot of, uh, you, you know, the options that were available to Patrick Mahomes in the playoff game. I think that's going to be something that they're not going to be prepared for entirely. The issue is though, is that this is Patrick Mahomes and they're coached by Andy Lee. They're going to make adjustments. They're going to, you know, Patrick Mahomes has played. Every every defensive scheme imaginable, they probably studied them. So I I think that they were going to make it uh, make early impacts. He's going to get rattled probably a little bit. He's going to make some mistakes, but we have to make sure that that our defense stays strong, stays you know into it because he's going to adjust. He's going to try to, different things to try to take advantage of this defense.
5: The first quarter is is crucial for us. I, of course, you want a fast start, but I think just in terms of getting in Patrick Mahomes' head throwing them off a little bit, it's going to happen in that first quarter. Uh, when it gets to the third and fourth quarter, after they're able to make those adjustments at halftime, that's when I start to think it's not as much as an advantage for us. But before we get to halftime, I think that is an advantage for us because we're going to see three safeties on that field. We're going to see five quarterbacks on that field. We might see one linebacker on that field a lot, too, against yeah. this offense. So I think that's what's really going to change this whole thing for us It's just the fact we're not going to be running just one scheme this game. And of course we didn't lash last year when we played them but there wasn't he wasn't able to Use the defense that Joe Woods was not able to use the type of defense he wanted because he had Anderson today. as his main safety? I think that's definitely going to be huge for us. Just knowing that we have that advantage against the Chiefs, John Johnson third Greg Newsome, Jeremiah Wusukormo, Jadavion Clowney, even Tack McKinley, bringing in three, you can have three defensive ends on there with Malik McDowell rushing the quarterback. I mean, there's just so many
2: possibilities Joe Woods has for this defense. I can't wait to watch it. I know we're all excited about it. I have one for you, slide Tack. Side slide Jadavion inside with McDowell and Miles on the other side. Oh
5: man, man, just gets me
2: thinking of all these (laughs)
5: possibilities, man, just gets me absolutely excited. And guys, we've been waiting so long to be able to do this. It's week one, schedule uh score predictions here for week one at Kansas City 425 kickoff. Browns, Chiefs, who you guys got?
2: Who's going first?
1: Look, man. I think that this is our year that we finally come out and we win our home. Op- we win the ho- the opener for the season, and we're going to beat the Chiefs. We're going to go into Arrowhead. Miles Garrett's going to have like three sacks. Ooh. De Devion's going to have a couple pressures, tackle for loss, and the Browns are going to go into Arrowhead and they're going to
0: win thirty-one to twenty-seven.
2: Ooh, still a close game. I like it. It's a mm-hmm. close game.
0: I'm going to go a little more dominant. I think our defense is going to be pretty dominant. I'm gonna say 28 to 14.
2: Full okay. prediction okay. yeah. deep. All right, Zach. Zach will tear it. All right, I got a little bit of a closer game, boys. I'm sorry. I got Browns 34, Chiefs 31. I, I want to. I do want to see this win. I do want to see a shootout. I want to see this become the first of many Patrick Mahomes Baker Mayfield shootouts in the AFC. So let's go. I'm ready though. Let's go. Okay. All
5: right. Well, for me. I've gone back and forth on this, thinking about it before the season began. Originally, I, I did think Kansas City. I- I'm just going to be honest; that's originally okay. what I thought. But, but a- after hearing Jake talk with us, after looking at this Chiefs offensive line, looking at their linebacking core, because I did do I did some research before, um, before we even got to Week One here on what the Chiefs could possibly look like. Definitely, it's changed my opinion a little bit. I, I think the Browns have the better roster. I think yep. they have. This offense is, in, is completely in sync now. Not that we weren't at the end of last season, but a year or two in Kevin Stefanski's offense. Joe Woods has his playmakers on defense. We're going to go up to Arrowhead, 425, Sunday Sunday afternoon. We're going to go up there. We're going to beat the Chiefs. It's going to be a 31-28 to 28 game. It's going to come down to the defense. Baker yep. Mayfield's going to make the plays, and I'm, I'm sick of hearing everyone doubt him. Really, I'm seriously sick of it. It annoys me every time I hear it. But Baker Mayfield's going to perform. Of course, Nick Chubb's going to do his thing. Cream Hunt's going to be very effective. But that defense is going to make a play that's going to clinch that game. They're going to pick off Pat Mahomes in the fourth quarter to seal up Browns victory, 31-28. Browns go up to Arrowhead and get it done. Yeah, when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty
2: dangerous. Let's go. That's, right.
5: that's We have a clean sweep for this week. We're, we're obviously going to keep track of our records as we go <laughs> through the season. But... Definitely a clean sweep for this week. And guys, be sure to listen to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts every single week. Give us that five-star review. The support you guys give us really means a lot. We love interacting with you guys on social media. And that brings me to the next point. Be following us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at FD Podcast CLE. We love being able to talk with you guys, Browns football, any chance we get. And so we want to be able to interact with you guys more and more. So be sure to follow us on that platform. If you need the best in replacement windows, call Jack Scott at Renewal by Anderson. They have been Ohio's replacement window experts for over 117 years. Be sure to call Jack Scott today for a free consultation at 440-226-6224. That's 440-226-6224. We are the Feeling Dangerous podcast, and we hope to be joining you next week for a Victory Monday. Talk to you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in.
1: I told you my city was the best, and my city was a threat to the rest. And my city was a threat to the rest. Cleveland is my city, and I love it,
4: yeah, I love it. James Connor in the backfield on the right side of Big Ben. Motion by the tight end. McDonald down the line, left to right. And the snap goes high over the head of Big Ben. All the way back to the 2 to the 1. And the Browns have it in the end zone. And they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown. Carl Joseph's got it in the end zone. A touchdown.
0: Not a bad start.
4: 6-0 Browns. Marquise Bouncy just sailed the ball over the head of Big Ben who looked at James yeah. Conner, they raced back towards inside the five yard line. It went into the end zone. BJ Goodson and Carl Joseph were over there and Joseph recovers it. I was born and I got it And if I have way, I'm gonna stay field under center on first down and 10 takes the ball gives it hunt runs he's to the 10 he's to the five he buries that shoulder and drives in for a touchdown kareem hunts and the bronze lead 20 to nothing you're on cleveland bound that's my town where they show you love it they seen you around all of my dogs up in the dog pound man i love my tribe my calves my browns that's my heart that's my soul